Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend. Today we are talking about film composers. So grab your mug. Let's get talking. And that lovely intro music was composed by Christopher and Sarah Bailey over at Well Wishes Productions. You, Be sure to give them a follow and, and listen. If you have not listened to our previous episode, previous? Mm-hmm. Would that be, that falls before? Yes, yeah, previous. Okay. The one I right take, before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a conversation with them and it's really cool. We talk about how to make your own work. So give that a listen if you have not yeah. yet. It's wonderful conversations that happen. Many golden nuggets to take away from that conversation. Mm -hmm. So as Easton said, give it a listen. A few housekeeping things for you guys. We wanted to talk about the buy me a coffee that we have in our link tree. Um, It's still just a really, really cool way to support us if you can at all, um, because all of the money that goes towards a coffee goes toward the new coffees that we try every time, which is uh, interesting for us. And you guys seem to enjoy it as well, based off people I've talked about. because it's not like we're coffee snobs. We're just kind of enjoying a mug <laughs> yeah. and talking about art. So why not? Um, but yeah, so if you want to do that, again, it's in our link tree and our uh, profiles anywhere you find us. Uh, also, be sure to keep leaving reviews. We love to hear from you guys yes. whenever we can. And it helps us so, 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 so much. Absolutely. And if you if you are able to help monetarily, amazing. If you are not able to help monetarily, rates and reviews are an excellent way to support us. It really helps us gauge where we're at and how we can grow. And also, um, it's also great for people that we're looking at uh, partnering with and helping them get a feel for the quality of our show. Um, yep. Also, oh, keep an eye out for some really cool things happening soon. We have... Um, we're collaborating with a couple of different podcasts right now um, Mm -hmm. to work on some cool things. So keep an eye on some really interesting things happening in this podcast feed. Oh, and we have some really cool guests that are joining us in the next um, few. If you haven't noticed, we generally have a pattern of every three episodes. We have a guest um, Mm -hmm. and generally generally speaking. And Hmm. those are guests that we got on the docket. Pretty cool. Keep an eye. Yeah, they are. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. An eye, an ear, a bodily part. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes. Today's coffee Um, we have is lineage. Lineage coffee in. uh, It says on the package here, which you. ASMR. Uh, It says on the package that it's proudly roasted in Orlando, Florida. So there you go. It's exciting. Yeah. It's um, it's an Ethiopia. Yeah, it's single origin. Um, it's from Guji, which we had a, we had a, mm. the one we had from Black Press was also from Guji. Um, yes, it was. This one, uh, yeah, it's great. I'm enjoying it. We'll talk about it. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's from, we'll talk about from it later. Lineage. Stick so around. <laughs> this was a gift yeah. from a friend, um, Austin, who I'm doing uh, a show with right now. So thanks. Uh, not you. Sorry. Uh, different not me. Austin. No, no, no. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. No thanks to me. <laughs> no thanks to you, Austin. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I don't know why I just went Matthew McConaughey. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. So, Easton, let's kick it off. What do you got first on the yeah. docket as far as composers? Yeah. Um, so, we figured we'd start with the, the heavy hitters. Uh, we we both have two very much heavy hitters. And then we we also realized when you, when you Google list of film composers, it like 98% white men. 
And <laughs> we are two white men on a podcast. Yes. And we were like, you know what? We, we don't need to be talking about all of these. We don't. We don't. We were like, well, let's just pick a few ourselves. So we started picking them. And then we we're like, hold up. Wait. So we, we each have two of uh, two of those composers from that list uh, that is mm-hmm. very much non-equitable. And then Correct. we both chose a um, we both chose a performance to highlight of um, color. some really cool up and coming artists and some that are very established. So we're super excited about that. But um, yeah, it's, it's good so time. my first one is Danny Elfman. Danny, oh Danny boy, uh, he he is just incredible. <laughs> He's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, some some fun little facts off the front end. He he's in a band called Oingo Boingo, mm-hmm. uh, and that's mm-hmm. he was he started sort of musically, maybe not started, but he's been musically experimenting with Oingo Boingo for a while. They have a few albums. Um, he was also a, a member of a traveling circus. He was a street performer in southern France, and he learned to play violin by the ear. By ear, he just picked it up and started playing and trial by error. Um, I could not so believe that. <laughs> those two things make a lot of sense. Um, and before I go into like his style and and kind of what makes him him, if you uh, need a refresher or need to find out, some of his major works are obviously we have Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride. We have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, Alice in Wonderland, and the Michael Keaton version of Batman, um, which like Tim Burton is coming back. Tim Burton and Danny Elfman obviously just really like each other. Their styles are both very odd and they work well together. Mm. Apparently Um, Mm. some things I didn't realize that he wrote uh, or that he had composed were spy kids. Uh, Oh really? Age of Ultron. That's awesome. Avengers age of Ultron was. Oh, Um, that's what Flubber, Robin Williams, Oh, I love. Yes, <laughs> he did the new uh, the new version of Mission Impossible. He recycled like the old okay. themes, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of made them his own, which is cool. And then he did uh, the new Netflix show Wednesday, which makes so much sense. Um, that which I had no idea. I was listening accurate. on Spotify to the this is album for Danny, and mm-hmm. Wednesday came mm-hmm. on. I was like, no, okay, but that makes sense. No. <laughs> It does and, make sense. Oh I God. haven't seen any of it yet, and I, I know either. that's horrible, but I'm going to watch it soon. So yeah. I, I have yet to either, but um, yeah. And so, uh, and then a couple other random ones. Um, so he did the Spider-Man movies, the the new, the yes. not newest, but the the oldest of the new resurgences, the 2002 mm-hmm. and 2004, to- with, yeah, with Tobey Maguire. Um, mm-hmm. And what's really cool is that my one of my other my other. Uh, one of my other composers is Michael Giacchino and Giacchino did Spider-Man No Way Home and he incorporated oh, nice. Danny Elfman's original theme from the 2002 and 2004 movies into No Way Home specifically, That's cool. which makes sense because we have the multiverse and it's all coming together. Mm-hmm, and I love mm-hmm, that even mm-hmm. musically they were like, yeah, let's bring in these other universes, which is just so freaking cool. That makes that it makes me so happy. Right? The fact that they work together that mm-hmm. way, like and collaboration to, um, yeah, so so he has he's done solo albums and singles. He's he's worked with orchestras around the world. He did um mm. he, he did the Mystic Manor in Hong Kong Disney. He worked on that ride, oh, wow. which is their version of Haunted Man uh, Haunted Mansion. It's called Mystic yeah. Manor, but yeah, um, that's cool. And 
finally, which I think this this tells you a lot about the staggering nature of his of his repertoire. He mm. wrote the Simpsons theme. That's crazy. did you know that? I didn't know that, but the fact that he wrote the Simpsons theme and one of my composers wrote for the Simpsons movie. Oh, that's funny. Like they're all working. But you have I don't the, understand it. What the Devil's Interval? Da, da, da. Uh, you have this yeah, tritone, a, uh, and tritone is the theme. Yeah, so. exactly. And and when you were in music theory class, and they're like, "What's a tritone?" They use the Simpsons. He he has created yep. the model for our modern interpretation of tritone, which is just so yep. cool to me because I think I think that's what <laughs> he does best. He takes things, and I think what I was trying to boil down what he does. He creates an edge. Mm-hmm on whatever it is yes. he he's it's he true. is the the master of creating an edge and even with the simpsons this stupid little show that's run for decades he created he just t- made an edge where there wasn't expected mm-hmm. to be one and um then i started looking into okay how how is this sound the the sound it is why why does it sound like that mm-hmm. um some cool little tidbits that i found when i was watching some some videos and reading some articles about him um first off he he tends to move chords by thirds uh mm-hmm. wherever he is he'll rotate them around like yes you have that <laughs> there could be a few different chords that you should be leading to but he's like I, i'm just gonna stick to thirds like all the time and <laughs> a, a lot of his work is is moving chords by their thirds um he uses women and children choirs a lot there was like a, a full, just listed them out on one of his pages of this and this and this and this and this. Every All one. have women and children's mm-hmm. choirs, which is funny. That's fun. Um, he also has another tendency in the world of thirds. He he likes to write melodies where the melody is tends to stay on the third of whatever chord it is. So no matter where we are, hmm. whether we're major or minor um or anything else in between um yeah that the melody is landing on the third which i think makes sense because when you're when you're in those really interesting keys where that third dictates what's going on or at least is very involved in what's going on um Mm -hmm. that melody just highlights it which makes sense i love that um he is that's also non-traditional in in some respects when it comes to music because mm-hmm. you stay in like fifths and whatnot so to pick the third gives it that edge yeah. that you were talking about so i love yeah that. and he also he loves him some median chords um oh, yes. whereas like diatonic will take you to more of like an adventure movie place keeping things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. U- using utilizing median a lot as much as he does um it really mm-hmm. lends itself to that fantasy world with an edge um mm-hmm. he also Last thing on him, he, uh, so the Spider-Man theme, yeah, and the Spider-Man theme that he wrote is da 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 da, or one of them, and mm-hmm. it overlaps in layers and goes back and forth, and it's just a repeat of that da 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 over and over again, mm-hmm. and that flat six resolving to the fifth, it just gives it that lovely edge. Da-da. Oh, it's so good. And then I was, I was... Makes me think of the incredible. Exactly! That's what I was going to say! I was like, the crazy thing is that... <laughs> Da-da-da-da-da! And the difference yep. is, one, there's that bounciness. Da-da-da-da-da! Mm-hmm. You also skip the second, you just go from the first to the third. Da-da! Exactly. Yeah, da-da-da-da-da! Mm-hmm. It's... And, mm-hmm. Yeah, you have that, that uh, fourth leading to the fifth. 
And it, uh, exactly. it's just so funny. It's so cool. And then that, that would take me to my next <laughs> one, Michael Giacchino. If you can't tell, we're both very big nerds yes. when it comes to music. So okay, we t- love it. Tell me about your <clears> first one. <throat> who is he? So my first one is John Williams, who everyone basically knows. But uh, he's had a 70-year-long career. I think that's super, super How cool to think about that he's been. He was born. One second. He was born in 32, so he is knocking on 100 store oh here soon. Yeah. Um, so last year, yeah. <clears throat> last year, he would have been 90. <clears throat> yeah, 90. He would have been 90. Wow. So he's 90, 91. Um, still going, still kicking. He, uh, as everyone I'm sure is aware, he wrote for the Indiana Jones films, including the new one that's coming out. Uh, he wrote for E.T., Jaws, <laughs> the first two Home Alones, Jurassic Park, uh, the Jurassic Park uh, duology. I don't, I don't even know what to call it now. Um, Schindler's List, which if you haven't listened or seen that film, ugh, so good. <laughs> um, not a good subject, but it is what it is. Hook, uh, the first three Harry po- Potter films, which is really cool, and Star Wars, of course. Um and it's fascinating to see all these things. I don't know, but you used to, but hearing all those titles, I'm like, so my childhood. Yeah. Great. He, he, wrote, he wrote my childhood. <laughs> awesome. Um, <clears throat> he also is widely known as an orchestral writer, composer, like writes many, many symphonies and is not just confined to film, but that's where he's found a lot of his success. Um, part of his uh, process is interesting because he wants a rough cut of the film before he composes. Mm. So I guess he wants to see whatever's finalized before he tries to write anything. Um, The thing that's interesting to me is in this digital age that we live in, that most composers go to composing on a screen just because it's faster, like if they have to jot something down, fine. But he only uses pencil and paper. Like that's the only way he composes. And I'm like, that's so old school, but it's so great. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that. I wonder how um, his uh, how he, his collaborators feel about that. I wonder if like know, right? it, it it's makes like, it harder to work with him. Of like, what do you want me to fax these over? Like, I, I can't read I this. Know, no, I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'll just fax you. No, you can't, <laughs> Mr. Williams. No, you, can, you can't do that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's interesting because he writes in what's classified as neo romanticism, which is uh, called it's a return to an emotional expression. Um, which is also moved into a lay motif, which I think I'm saying wrong, but it's okay. I have a degree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got two of those. Um, but it's a short musical phrase. And when you think of all of the films that he's done, there's a, ref- uh, there's a phrase that they always return to in the score. Uh, for example, um, with uh, Indiana Jones. Dun, 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 dun. You always come back to that at some point, whether it's later in the film, whether it's later in the piece. Um, And that uh, style of neo-romanticism, neo refers to any music that happened after 1850. So a lot of what he writes is also in the classification of like how Tchaikovsky and Wagner wrote. So it's just interesting to be like, you think you hear those names and you're like, oh, that's not, that's not new. That's not current but it it is <laughs> mm. um and he was only one of or so, excuse me he was one of three composers for steven spielberg was he still is excuse me and 
Uh, it was him, Thomas Newman, and another one, which I will disclose later because it's one of my list people and I don't want to give it away yet. So stick around for that. What's interesting is even at 91, he had actually said that he wanted to step away from uh, film composing and just wanted to focus on orchestral composing and writing symphonies. And um, he was approached about this new Indiana Jones film. He did it and has now said, you know, I'm, I'm up for more composing after this. And I'm like, at 91, you're, you're like, yeah, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> I'm like, okay, the, more power to you. That's awesome. Uh, but it's just, it's what's, uh, oh, oh, an interesting thought that I had. I don't know if you know this, uh, Easton, but I find this fact fascinating and it has to do with Jaws. So Jaws, as everyone knows, is a fam famous theme, but it's literally, uh, is it a minor or a major? Da -da. Minor second. Da -da. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a minor second. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize, and it's, it's widespread common knowledge now kind of but uh, is in the film it's a highly acclaimed thriller but in the film minutes before the shark is even seen on screen Williams made it to where that theme is very 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 lightly playing in the background music and it literally ramps up until the moment you see the Gosh. shark so it's it's in the back of like before you even see anything. So what it does is it creates this on edge feeling because your brain's hearing it, but you're not, yeah. you're not um, recognizing it necessarily. Yeah. So you're like, why am I on edge? Nothing is happening on screen oh that should gosh. be scary. And then boom, there it is. That's awesome. It wasn't until college <laughs> that I saw Jaws for the first time. And I, I remember really? somebody in the room said that. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, mm -hmm. I, I literally couldn't hear it at the point where it actually starts. And then it goes on, and you can kind of pick it up if you're. It's it's crazy. If you're if you're listening for it, you can yeah. kind of pick but it like up. But like consciously, you, your time, brain's like, trying to watch a movie, no. <laughs> and it doesn't pick up on those things. That's so cool. I know, and I'm like the fact that he thought about that, and or was like, yes, this is going to be great. Yeah. Let's scare them with a minor second. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's John Williams in a very 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 small nutshell. Mm. Um, somebody let him out. He doesn't need to stay there for long. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, who's your next one? Uh, so my next one is Michael Giacchino. He uh, reigns... Him and Danny are my two favorites. Michael Giacchino reigned supreme for many years in my heart um, because of The Incredibles. We fought over this list, everybody. Yeah, we did. He had... I think... <laughs> did you have Giacchino? And I was like, wait, can I have Giacchino? I did. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so quick tidbits about Michael. Uh, oh, Mikey. <laughs> he... <laughs> he has... He has three of four... Of the EGOT, he has an Oscar, Emmy, mm. and a few Grammys, a couple Grammys, mm. more than one Grammy, mm. uh, and mm. <laughs> he just needs that Tony, right? <gasps> Michael, yep. right for the theater. I would, if I had any power, I would give you the Tony myself, so please write for the yes. theater. Yes, here you go. Um, people know him probably as a Pixar and Marvel guy. That's when he's, that's mm -hmm. when he's done most of his big successes in um the incredibles one and two ratatouille <laughs> bless you yeah it's, it a good it's a good episode a good <laughs> Thank you. incredibles one and two ratatouille up jurassic world inside out zootopia mm -hmm. doctor strange coco thor love and thunder oh, which is really coco. cool some things that i did not know that he did sky high so we have Spy Kids by Danny Elman and Michael Giacchino by Sky or Sky High by Michael Giacchino. 
so funny. All these films that I thought were so cool yeah, are coming out like of the these, works these, and I'm like, okay. Be real or be these be children's movies are like, so be, funny. Be be rated. Yeah, these, yeah, be rated, I guess. I don't know. Um he also did the Muppets Wizard of Oz. He did oh Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He did Tomorrowland, which I still have. If you win, mm. like, opening weekend or something, they gave you the little pins, the orange pins with the, the logo, oh and gosh. I still have mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he did Jojo Rabbit, which I did not know, which really? I thought was a brilliant movie. And yeah. last and certainly not least, he wrote the Marvel mm. Studios fanfare, the one from 2016, the that whole thing that plays yeah, before, yeah. like, <clears throat> everything now. In the Marvel Universe, yeah. he wrote that. Dun, 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 Crazy. He's amazing. Yes. Um, other little projects. He wrote Lost. or He composed the music for Lost, the TV show. Oh, cool. Um, he also yeah. did the music for The Ballad of Nessie and La Luna, which were really cute shorts. Um, he got mm. started in video games. He has a really, really? interesting story. Uh, look into it if you don't know much about him. He started making stop-motion movies in this basement when he was 10. And eventually, his school journey is fascinating. He did some internships, basically got hired as a producer at a video game thing. He was like, you know what? I'm going to take this producer mm. job because I can hire myself to do the compositions. And so he started nice. and, as a producer in the video game world and then started hiring himself for these video games he was working on. And then from there, the nice. rest is history. But he has some really cool stories to tell about his past. But mm. um, he did, while he was there in video game world, he did call, he worked on Call of Duty, he worked on Medal of Honor, he worked on um, mm. lots of other video games as well. But also the move, the the game versions of the movies he'd done, like The Incredibles and um, yeah. uh, I think Rat, or Rat, yeah, Ratatouille and a couple other things. But um, mm. other music things that he's worked on, he did in Credit Coaster at Disneyland California or Disney California, <laughs> California Adventure. Um, which Adventure. makes sense. He worked on the <clears throat> score for Ratatouille at Epcot, the, the Ratatouille ride. Mm. And then also Space Mountain at four parks around the world. He did their Space Mountain stuff. Mm. I don't know what that entails because it's been around for so long, but maybe a, just a refresh or I don't know. A re- yeah, refresh. Like a, I don't know if it's a queue thing or an on ride thing or what the deal is, but mm. um, maybe. Anyway, so that's cool. His hmm. thing that is, cool. is is epic adventure. He is he yeah, he captures the largesse and and grandiose spirits of flight and intensity. Mm-hmm. That for me, that's that's what he does really really well. Yeah. Um, and he does that in different formats. He can do it in like this cool big band brassy sound, like the Incredibles, and he can do that with. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World, this really intense, crazy thriller type movie. Um, yeah, yeah. And but he 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 does that best. He captures grandiose spirit, um, and he does that through contrast and really <laughs> intentional instrumentation choices. Like for example, when he yep. was, um, uh, he's he's always been really really good with adaptations and deciding how to either retheme or throw things out and um so so he was doing jurassic world which obviously john williams mm. did jurassic park yes and so yes with his original uh with john williams original composition mm-hmm. he voiced it with woodwings and strings and i'm sure a lot of it has mm-hmm. to do with orchestrators and, and their work as well but at the end of the day like they're job to make sure this sounds the way they want to so they i'm sure had a say in this but um john's melody was held with the woodwings and strings and 
when Giacchino took over for Jurassic World, he took that melody, but he gave it instead to the horns. And mm-hmm. what that did, it, it took it from this the, the beauty of nature into this bold, harsh place. Because the first movie mm-hmm. is about that. It's about the fascination of nature. And then, oh my gosh, now it's attacking us. And this new one is all about <laughs> the threat. And, and this really sensitive... Uh, um, it's a sensitive situation that's really, really yep. uh, potentially harmful. And you don't really see that mm-hmm. in the first one until... The crisis nope. begins. Um, the, yeah, yeah, and it, it's brilliant, brilliant way to approach that. Mm-hmm. I think is is keeping keeping the intention of the original, but utilizing it in a new way through just by changing the yeah. instrument that already does so much. But um, it's true, that makes me think of the first Jurassic World. Hearing that, I can t- I can totally understand his purpose of putting it in the horns. But it makes that moment when they find the original park so much more pure mm. because he gives he gives the Williams melody to the piano, oh, which is yeah. such a childlike quality. And it's so nostalgic because then he gives it the forefront yeah. of like, this is where it was supposed to begin and what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And then it turns back into the threat, which is immediately after. Yeah. But it oh, gives me goosebumps oh just thinking He's about amazing. it. So. And uh, yeah. two other like, little thoughts is, and, and I got hooked on him with The Incredibles. The Incredibles was my all-time yeah. favorite movie growing up. That and Clue, mm-hmm. oddly enough, were my yes. favorite movies. With Tim Curry. I found the exit. Yes. <laughs> Flame, fire. Um, but love, I I've, am your singing technique. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, that was one of the shows that my summer stock theater did while I was up there. And it was, I watched yeah. it every, like literally six of the eight performances I was in the audience for. And we didn't have to be. I could awesome. have gone, gone no. home and slept, but I was like, no, I'm watching this. Um, <laughs> yes. But I grew up loving Incredibles and Clue. And The Incredibles, I think that fostered my love for brass. Brass remains my favorite section always, um, <laughs> particularly trumpet. And he, Michael was being interviewed and he's like, you know what? I, I think part of the reason I, my sound is as specific as it is, is I have had a really... I grew up with a really heavy influence of the six of music from the sixties. And it, I think it gives my music that old fashioned feel and it has a natural tendency to sound like it's from another era because it was so heavily influenced mm-hmm. by the sixties and big bands, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. which makes sense. Last thing on him <laughs> is that he puts puns in, in the titles of all of his stuff. And I noticed this when I was listening through the, the Coco soundtrack, and I was like, oh, that's funny. That's some funny little stuff. But he does it for every single movie. Um, in, in The Incredibles, oh he has a song called <clears throat> 100 Mile Dash. Uh, oh, my gosh. And then in Ratatouille, it's the 100 Rat Dash. And then in Up, he carries it through <laughs> with the three dog dash. And then in Coco, oh my gosh. Shrine and Dash. And so not only does he do Shrine these stupid little puns, but he like has carrying over jokes from all. And there's, that's not the only one. All of his different works yeah. have like these different connecting threads of stupid little jokes that's that he funny. has, which I think is just hilarious. But anyway, that's Michael Giacchino. He's like, just for the fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, He's one of my favorites as well. Um, but what's funny is he is my mom's favorite composer, mm-hmm. hands down. And my dad really enjoys him too, but my dad plays in big bands. So it makes perfect sense yes. where he's like, I love this music. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can tell why. <laughs> 
and I, I was influenced uh, through my dad of loving 60s big band mm-hmm. style too, just like you. So it remains one of my favorite sounds. And if I'm cooking in the kitchen or just cleaning, I'll throw on uh, just some old time big band stuff just because it's good background yeah. noise as well sometimes. Yeah. But no, that's awesome. But <clears throat> excuse me, on a note of horns, I will move on to my next composer, which is a beautiful segue. And I did Hans Zimmerman, mm. uh, which for those of you who aren't familiar of this man who has gripped my ears, um, <laughs> he's known for not the original, but the new adaptation of Lion King, the, for lack of a better term, the live action, even <laughs> though it is CGI and it's, it's it, you know what I mean. Um, and the Pirates of the Caribbean films, uh, Dark Knight Trilogy, Inception, Interstellar, Man of Steel, Da Vinci Code, Madagascar, which I found interesting. <laughs> and he also did Kung Fu Panda, which when I found what? that out, I was like, that makes so much sense. Oh it makes so much sense. Um, so he's he's one of my favorites for many, many reasons. Um, I love I love his style. I love his interpretation. <clears throat> he has there's a website called Masterclass <clears throat> where you can go and watch uh, different classes from industry, big names, like big, big name actors, yeah. big name directors, all this other stuff. He has a class. I've never paid for it, but I would love just to learn from oh him. Gosh. And he just, he goes through his whole process. He talks about what he, like what he does, why he does it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just so fascinating because, um, to go into how he writes a little bit, um, there's many, many other steps that other than these that I talk about, but these ones stuck out to me. Obviously, pick a key. It matters. His favorite key is the key of D, which it, a lot of his songs from a lot of his films are in D, either major, minor, doesn't matter. Yeah. But that's my favorite key that I realized when I was um, in my first undergrad. And so anytime I'm listening, I'm like, I love this song. Wait, mm. it's in D. Oh, no. <laughs> that's why. Um and he's he, i loved this and you'll love it too he is the number two step in his process is tell a story like the music isn't just there mm. to to be there it's helping tell the story yeah. which i love as musical theater people we can understand and appreciate yeah. that <clears throat> he says to learn the rules of your story hmm so like the the world that the the film may be in, you have to learn the rules. Like if there's certain distinctions of like don't go here, blah blah blah, he might attain that into how the music huh. flows, which is interesting. Um, I like that. He says not to be too tech. He says not to be too technical. Um, like don't over don't overthink in the beginning. Like let it just kind of flow. Um, he says to begin immediately. Like as soon as he hears that he's going to be doing a film, he starts writing. Mm. And he says that that helps him not be limited to thought process uh, later on. He may be like, oh, I have this other thing that I thought of in the beginning. Let's bring that in and see if it works with this scene yeah. versus having to just repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, <clears throat> he says, keep a music diary, which makes total sense. I mean, for any process, whether you're directing, whether you're an artist, if you keep a diary of some kind you may find little gems that you forget yeah. about and be like oh wait i need to do that <clears throat> uh he <laughs> i loved this he has what he calls a sound palette so he'll take f- 
he'll like just create sounds all day and he'll just take from those huh. and be like, oh, that, that could be for, from this. I remember thinking about this melody and I may use it here someday. I don't know. That's cool. Uh, but he says that every composer should study light, color, and editing, like just in general. <clears throat> so I guess it didn't really go into the full process. Again, I'm sure if you pay for the class or he was in person, he could talk more about it. But it makes sense to me because if you were having to compose a scene that was, I don't know, all in orange, for example, mm -hmm. if you knew like sub sub colors of orange and things like that, and you knew you associated a different huh. key or a different music melody to that, you could add it. And I'm like, it makes sense, but I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, especially in film uh, with lighting and color change and everything like that, it makes it makes perfect sense. And then um, I loved, loved this. This is a golden nugget that I took from uh, reading about his process. And it says, your audience is there to go on a journey. Don't take them from it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let let them go on the journey. Don't take them away from it. Yeah. Like you need to it's let like them go It's like any good design element like, in the theater. Like you don't, you're, you are not to distract. You are to guide and assist nope. them in the ultimate goal, which is the story. Serve exactly. the story. Exactly. I love that. So, Aww. Michael D Michael Giacchino and Hans Zimmer, please write musical theater. It would be great. Wait, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, yes, really. Um, and then, um, oh, the the last little thing. Again, there was like twenty steps. These are just little things that I pulled out. Um, and he says that revisions are a collaboration. Like hmm. you're not, you don't need to make final changes yourself because you might get too technical or be like oh i don't like this i need to get rid of it but when somebody else could be like no i kind of like that can we just like tweak it instead of getting rid of it so he says uh that when he revises uh, before anything's finalized he revises in a room with like five other people huh. and just knocks it out all together cool. which i love like collaboration all the way um but i remember a little clip of his that i watched uh, again, I haven't seen the class, but there's clips on YouTube that you can watch. And he was talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. And when he was writing it, he pictured big orchestra in a big opera house. But he put the French horns way like three stories high in the back <laughs> is how he composed it. So the I don't, uh, are you familiar with the trilogy in yeah. like any capacity? Yeah, I've seen that. Okay. Seen so the whole the whole French horn theme where they're like bom, bom. he said it was his favorite because it's two notes but it impacts the story and moves it along mm. so much and i'm like ah that's beautiful and giving it to french horns he's like i didn't want to give it to anything else because the french horns just give that guiding sound he's like i've got like 20 french horns against the entire orchestra huh. and i'm like oh okay cool oh, i love that <laughs> um but he says uh, in in the same class, he talks about it's always a blank piece of paper. He doesn't start like he starts when he begins, but it, it never is like, oh, I've got some ideas. It's like, sure. What, what are we doing? Like, yeah. let's let's start. Um, so that's Hans Zimmer again in a very tiny nutshell. Mm -hmm. But I think he's, he's it's just brilliant. And he's also listed on there's apparently a list of 100 living geniuses. And he's he's on the list oh somehow. God. So seemingly very intelligent okay, um i know pop off <laughs> <laughs> i just like saying pop off in a british accent because it just is better. it's like yes pop off <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah hans Zimmer is just fascinating to me because of 
the process because of the emotional journey that he sends on uh, or sends people on as well. But that, that correlates with his phrase of like, you're there to be on a journey. Don't take them from it. That yeah. totally works with how I feel about his music. And you were classifying, um, Giochino, is it Giochino? Giochino. Giochino, excuse me. I, I went to his Twitter, uh, and in his Twitter, he has the, the pronunciation as The pronunciation. It's like, it's Giochino. <laughs> Giochino. I would put Zimmerman in, like, this otherworldly epic sound. Mm. Because, it, it, for example, Pirates of the Caribbean, yes, it happens roughly in areas that we're familiar with and with stories yeah. like pirates and things like that. But if you just listen to music, you can apply that to a car chase. You could apply it to <laughs> a plane chase. Like it could be put in other worlds and pirates doesn't seem that far away, but it also is. Yeah. And it's totally epic, but it's storytelling. And I don't know how to classify this man, but yeah. I just appreciate it so much. Yes. <laughs> One of his works, I would, I, this might be my favorite of his is the Netflix mm-hmm. adaptation of The Little Prince. Have you seen it? Yep. Oh my gosh. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite, favorite so things beautiful. ever. And I had mm-hmm. I was like, Hans Zimmer, what are you doing on this little Netflix adaptation? Like, what's going on? I want yep. that to be on stage. Yep. That would be a gorgeous, yes, brilliant, amazing thing. Oh my gosh. Let's let's make it happen. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. I we started as a podcast, dibs. we wrote a show. Dibs. Yeah. We are the we, Dibs indeed. We own this. TM TM TM. TM 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 TM. Well, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. It may have been during the pandemic main shutdown uh, time period. But uh, Hans Zimmer rewrote the Netflix, but like what? with a full orchestra. Yeah, he like rewrote it. So if you're interested, <laughs> look it up sometime. And he, <laughs> so like the whole, when the end just fades to strings, he rewrote it with an entire orchestra for fun. Oh my God. I think that's so, so Did funny. they use it? Are they using um, it now? Oh. No, they he just did it, okay. and it was a promotional thing. It was like, okay, thanks, Hans, oh and then they gosh. they didn't use it. That's so funny. <laughs> um, another interesting thing he does is um, he also talks about having favorite artists, which I don't fully like because it doesn't give any other artist a new chance as far mm. as that. But for example, he has a cellist who he collaborates all, with all the time, mm. so much to the point that he recorded this cellist playing every single note and he has it stored in a file to where he can play on his computer as that cellist. So he doesn't have to call him. He can just like <laughs> compose it and then send it to anyone and be like, I know it's going to sound good. It's fine. That's like, hilarious. What? Right. Oh you gosh. took the time to be like, can you play the entire keyboard? All the notes that you can ever hit like on this cello. Into his own keyboard. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. It's like if his name was like Tom or something. Yes, I'm just playing a little bit of Tom. Hold on. <laughs> Cello by Tom. Cello by Tom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so my my last one is um, mm. she's considered a rising star in the film composing world. Um, I I, mm. I would consider her to be an already star. Um, <laughs> yes. But she so she has an Emmy nominate. She has an Emmy nominate. Whoa, it's nine a.m. She has Emmy an nomination. Emmy nomination, and mm-hmm. not only that, but she is the first African American female to be nominated in the primetime Emmy score category. Which, yes, heck yes. Um, so something you might know her from, or know her sound from at least, is um, there's uh, the Apple TV Plus documentary Home, 
Um, there was an episode that she worked on because it's an, an episode documentary. The documentary itself is called Home. I can't remember the name of the episode itself, but she that was her Emmy nom. Um, she was also she also worked on uh, with HBO. She did a Black Lady sketch show with Showtime. She did Twenties mm-hmm. with FX. She did American Horror Stories. She's also worked with Disney Plus, Freeform, Adult Swim, <coughs> Sony Pictures Animation, Netflix. She's done her her resume is brilliant and amazing and um she's also done some short films and feature films as well so she has lots of she's she has her her proverbial toes in a lot of different um uh, areas (laughs) yes proverbial toes proverbial toes (laughs) um so she also she she has her ba in music from vassar from vassar college Mm. and Mm -hmm. then beyond that she got certificates from uh from a couple different places in both film scoring and in orchestration. And then also while she was at Vassar, she studied classical guitar. And she has a band, an indie rock band called The Anti-Job, based in LA. She's an excellent example of being well-versed in lots of different areas and that they all help each other out. So she has classical guitar experience, but also has an indie indie rock band. She has her BA in music Mm. and also has certificates in film scoring and orchestration, which all I'm sure really help each other. And she, she has a nice blend yep. if, if, if you will. Yes. Um, yes. But Welcome. the thing about her, <laughs> I was listening to some of her reels that she has on her website and, and mm-hmm. YouTube channel and stuff. And what I noticed is she just has such a wide range. Um, a lot of these composers have like a really shoehorned sound, not shoehorned, but they have a very specific sound and style that they've established mm-hmm. for themselves. Yep. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. But for her, she does so many different things really well. Um, she, one thing that she does incredibly well is she has these, um, she uses contemporary pop and R and B sounds and instrumentations. Um, but she can also do these sweeping orchestral pieces that I was listening to on some of her works. And sometimes she combines them. Um, but she just has this really awesome range and does so many really cool things. Um, also in her reel, when Trolls World uh, World Tour was coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all about the different music trolls and the different types of sounds they make, yeah. it was each of them playing in their own style and then like coming together to do it all together. And she composed that. <laughs> she she did she scored nice. that commercial, which I think is so funny. Um but that's yeah, awesome. she's done some really cool things and she's incredible and she is yeah. an artist that I think needs to be highlighted and there's been lots of editorials yes. done on her and, and some really cool things so mm-hmm. um, heck yes, Amanda nice. Jones killing it. Yeah, killing the game. <clears throat> that's awesome. And we both again wanted to take these opportunities to inform about these maybe not as well known composers because their work matters yeah. and super super talented like Yes. All the days, all the days, all the things. Um, my next composer was Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. coincidentally. Um, <laughs> Jones on Jones on Jones. Jones on Jones on Jones on Jones. <laughs> um, and he has had a 70-year career also. Um, he is not as well-known as a, a movie score per, uh, composer, necessarily, as he is a uh, producer, and he's worked with artists like Frank Sinatra, Count Basie, um, um Michael Jackson, many, many, many others. He helped produce The Wiz, which I think was really, really cool. Um, and he got a National Medal of Arts from President Barack Obama in 2011, which I think is amazing. 
Um, he is known film score wise for Keep On Keeping On and The Color Purple. And he is the one who's also one of the three who's worked with Steven Spielberg on The Color Purple, which I think is really, really cool. The film's incredible, but uh, as we both know, it got turned into a musical. Just super incredible um, uh, impact of a story, and I, I, I love it. Um, he is, if for any Parks and Rec fans, he is Ann Perkins' dad in real life. Uh, so the act. Yeah, the actor who plays Ann Perkins, is, that's her father, is Quincy Jones. Um, yeah, Rashida Jones. That's so funny. Rashida Jones, yeah. Right? I had no idea. Um, he also makes a brief cameo if anyone's familiar with uh, Austin Powers, I believe it's Goldmember. Um, he's the one conducting, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Quincy Jones. <laughs> um, but he's, he's a jazz artist and main, main, big producer. But he's done many, many things of great importance. Um, I couldn't find a lot about like any kind of style or anything like that. Um, but definitely wanted to highlight a, another person who's had a 70-year-long career, yeah. just as important, if not more, than John Williams' 70-year career. Yeah. Of, I mean, they've both done different things. The other thing that he did uh, was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the, the starring uh, Will Smith. Oh, my gosh had failed on the first time of production. So he took it, produced it, and it succeeded. Wow. So he's the reason we have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is oh a really, God. really cool story. Um, and while you were talking about Amanda Jones, I actually remembered another black uh, composer for film, and it's Michael Abel Abels. Or, oh, yes. I'm, I'm probably going to say the name wrong. But um, he's worked a lot with, uh, Jordan Peele on films like Get Out and Us, which if anybody's familiar with, it's otherworldly and off-putting and just very, very crunchy sound. And it's it's just brilliant in the sense of thrilling music yeah. for films much like that. Mm. Um, but it just it really matters to both of us that we try and have representation. Because as we said, when we first were starting uh, research for all this, it was white predominant and we want to mm -hmm. highlight as much as we can um, in research. So yeah. yeah, that's Quincy Jones. I think it's super, super important. Um, if you want more information on these people, go look them up. Yeah. Like it's, it's how we learn. It's how we become better artists to collaborate and learn about others and be like, wait, they did that. Yeah. That's insane. I never knew that. Cause we learned a lot in this episode about not only favorite composers, but other composers as well. So yeah. I think that's really cool. And one, of, one of our major, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause one of our major um, missions in this podcast is like we said before, it's all about growth and part of growth is, mm -hmm. is vulnerability. And, and you, you can't learn unless you share what your perspective is and, and where you're at now. So we, mm -hmm. I, I, I heard somebody say the other day, the last thing anyone needs is a podcast with two white guys talking. And I was like, you know what? Yep. Yes. And our perspectives are much more limited and, and, and our perspectives are our own. And so one thing that we want to mm -hmm. do is, as we move forward is, is continue to highlight and um, to bring forth perspectives that are not our own as we continue to learn, which is what learning is, is all about is, is gaining yep. perspective from other people's points of view. And, and one thing that we really want to avoid is, is, um, Obviously, ignorance is one thing that we want to avoid. We also, we, we want to highlight voices that need to be heard. 
So if there is if there is a subject that you're like, hey, I think I think instead of this, you you need to be thinking about this, or hey, in addition, next time, make sure you bring this up. Let us know. Keep us accountable. We want to learn and grow. Um, because yes. the show is all about growing. So join exactly. Us. But to wrap up this episode, let's talk about the coffee yes. for a moment and do something else. Okay, you know me. <laughs> you know I don't care for fruity coffees very much. Correct. This one, was, correct. I, the, the one of the tasting notes was blackberry and i try sometimes not to look mm. at the notes until after but i got blackberry for days and i was worried yep. but i loved it and i think it's because it was such a dark berry it's not bright mm. it was not um it was not at all any sort of bright or floral or, or any, it was just a really deep yep. berry and i i, mm. I very much enjoyed it because of that I got the berry from the smell, but mm. couldn't uh, distinct what it was. Um, and in taste, now that you, uh, much like you, I didn't know because I don't have the bag, yeah. which is fine. Uh, <laughs> but um, I try not to look at the notes. I try to see what I taste first. Mm-hmm. I got the, the blackberry is what I got, but didn't know what name to put to it. And then I got some kind of nut. Like it had an, a nutty flavor that probably is not in there, but I was like, hmm, what, what I, what that? I was getting was like, maybe is uh like next to nutty is um mm-hmm. sort of like a molasses kind of thing um which is it's a rich it's a rich thing of that like a brown nature. sugary I don't, I don't thing know, and but... and one of the flavor yeah, notes is, yeah, 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 is yeah. licorice so i feel like that's probably where that comes in okay like a blackberry licorice which is the berry combined yep. with like a because i have always syrupy. found licorice very very it has a bite yeah to it like just as itself so that that makes perfect sense yeah. but i really enjoyed it yeah. it was really really that's good great. um so if you want to check it out, it's Lineage Coffee? Yeah, Lineage. Is, is it just yeah, Lineage? Yeah, click on those show notes, okay. and we will have that link in there for you to... Uh, they have yeah. this blend, or excuse me, this, they have the Single Origin Coffee at their website right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of... The, they said they've ordered it many, many times in the in the past few years, so I imagine they'll continue to have it on in stock. But you know what? Let's sell them out. Yep. Go buy it up. Yeah. Buy it up. Do sell it. them out. Um, they're doing some really cool things. <laughs> and also, if you want Carver Coffee, buy Carver Coffee with the show... Uh, yes with the link in the show notes, um, get 10% off of Carver coffee. So do that. Do it. And if you want to buy us a cup of coffee again, if you can, fantastic. If you can't, we love you anyways. You're an awesome person. Be a good bean. Remain that way. And rate and review if you can on whatever platform you're on. Give us a review. And, and (laughs) while you're doing that, if you, if you feel so inclined, not only include Mm. stars, but also include like words of like what you enjoy about it, because that also helps us know what we're doing. Right. Um, Correct. And thank you so much for everybody that have already that has already gone and, and given us a, a, a rate and or review. We really appreciate it. Yes, very much. All right, Easton, you want to get us out yeah. of here? All right, everybody. Yeah. Be good beans and drink good beans. Exactly. See you later. All right, everybody, have a good one. Bye. Artists Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's Infamous Adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.